I know. It's, uh, if you would have told me when I was 25, hey, you're going to have a YouTube channel teaching insurance people how to use software, I'd be like, uh, you're insane. You need to take a crazy pill because I went to school for art and anyways. But how I got into this was uh, 2008. I was in a resort town in southern New Mexico uh, with my real estate license and I was their listing coordinator. And uh, you know what happened in 2008 and nine uh, wasn't the best place to be in a resort town with all the second homes because what do you do with the second home whenever you're in a crisis? You want to sell it and no one was buying. So my dad actually was teaching Xactimate online at that time um, uh, to adjusters. It was a three-day course and he was doing it out of his, his little back studio that he had. And he's like, you know what? I really don't, this isn't my favorite thing to do, this online stuff. He's like, you like computers? Why don't you try it? And I was like, uh, okay. When you're like the, the quote unquote, like the star of the event and everybody's like sort of going to see you, it's just like, it's a really awkward feeling. And then what I try to explain to people, like this, this medium right here is totally different. It's like, totally. I mean, I'm just kind of talking to myself about something that I know about and I'm just going off the cuff and I'm just going. But when you're having to talk to somebody else and you're in front of a room and they're giving you those dead faces because you're, 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 the stuff you're talking about is so freaking boring, you start to sweat, you get nervous, and it's just like the whole thing. Like you're just, like you're just expecting throughout the day, at least for me, like it's just going to be a complete disaster. All of this is just going to be a mess. Nobody's going to show up and the people that do show up are going to hate it. Everybody's going to hate me and this is just going to suck. Absolutely. I have a lot of public adjusters in our group, actually. It's not just contractors. I also have independent adjusters, too. So um, it's not contractors only, even though that's kind of my slogan is this Xactimate training for contractors. No, public adjusters get a lot out of what I teach due to the fact that, you know, they're also not just don't know what they don't know as far as which line items you should add. How do you back that up with the documentation from Exactware? Are you wasting tons of time writing estimates line by line when you can just like put a macro and call it a day? Just all the things that it's a time and money aspect um, when it comes to public adjusting that I that I find. Yeah, for me, for me, photos is important because I'm usually, uh, I don't make the final decision on every single one of our claims, but if I have one of my guys come to me and say, hey, I've got a question about this claim. Okay, let me see the file. What is the first thing I look at? Let me see the photos. Photos actually tells the life of the whole claim and exactly what's going on. And if you've got shitty photos, it's kind of hard for me to give you a good opinion on it. Again, I was going to go into this. Xactimate uh -huh. Mobile is brilliant. You can hand this to someone who has... Whoa, what happened? I dropped it. <laughs> I dropped it on the keyboard. Sorry. You can hand this to someone who has no knowledge of, of the industry. Uh -huh. They can open the app and stand in the middle of the room and just do this now. And it does all the measuring with LiDAR. Do you know what LiDAR is? The light technology? Yep. I mean, at yeah. the end of the day, that's what we're doing. I get messages all the time from independent adjusters who are just so upset. They're like, look, I got into this business to help people. And I realize that they tell me, oh, the more I write, the more I'll make. So I go in there and I want to write everything that I can that I know is included. But then all of a sudden I submit it and they tell me that I can include this and I can include that. And my $100,000 estimate becomes a $30,000 estimate like that. Yep. What we find is that the contractor can get, get in the ear of the homeowner and say, you're paying, you do, when they underwrite the house for determining how much of a policy premium they're going to pay, they include O&P in their policy premium. So why, Mr. Homeowner, are you letting the carrier pocket your part of your premium that you've paid all these years because he doesn't want to pay what, why, what he should, what he owes? So there's so many facets to it. So if you can find one facet that works without a you know carrier, uh, great. But again, it's not a silver bullet, and it's hard because they hold the strings at the end of the day. And just to just to give a give the audience a background of the good. What is it called again? I always forget. From good hands to boxing gloves. 
Yeah, so basically, uh, what was it? It was uh, McKenzie and Company, which is a mm -hmm. business consulting firm. They took over Allstate, and they were looking at all their books, and they looked at everything and all their expenses and so on and so forth, and they realized that one of the largest expenses that they had were their claim payouts. So when they did a little bit more research on that and looking what they were paying for and so on and so forth, they noticed that there was little things that they can do to sort of fix you know, how much they have to pay out on some of these claims. And when they started doing it, and they started basically shorting people on their insurance payouts, they ended up saving millions upon millions of dollars per year what's up advocates and welcome back to another episode of the claims game podcast before i get into it we are sponsored by my public adjusting firm elite resolutions you can find us on eliteresolutionsclaims.com we are a public adjusting company and we practice claims all over the state of florida and all over the state of texas if you have any claims please send them our way we'll have an adjuster to you within the next 24 hours and also of course if you are interested in finding a firm you can get some proper training and and some good experience uh, working for an experienced firm please send us a message and we'll be happy to consider taking you on as a, an adjuster part of our team also, I am the Commercial Claims Advocate. You could catch all of our stuff on commercialclaimsadvocate.com and also, of course, on social media where you could basically find us on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram, and on LinkedIn as well. Uh, we've got online courses. We've got meetups where we meet throughout the country. We bring public adjusters and contractors and attorneys and overall advocates together uh, in one room where we can talk shop, share ideas, and learn something from each other. So keep an eye out for that and you can find all that information on commercialclaimsadvocate.com. Today, such a special guest. Guest, uh, I was totally fanboying because I'm a huge fan of this person. Um, she's got an amazing YouTube channel. She's like where I want Commercial Claims Advocate to be eventually one day in the future. Her name is Alina Wilson, and I know you guys know who she is because she has probably taught you a ton about Xactimate. She's got one of the greatest YouTube channels called Exact XM8 Mastery. XM8 Mastery is where you can find her on YouTube. And she's got um, also XM8Mastery.com where she's got training for public adjusters, for contractors, for anybody looking to learn about Xactimate. Excellent training. Just an overall excellent personality. Um, really, really nice person who's really out there to help. And she knows her stuff, guys. So I think you're going to enjoy this podcast. Uh, it's, again, with Alina Wilson. You could also find her on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, especially on YouTube. And reach out to her. I would really, really strongly recommend you uh, signing up for her course. Uh, her, she's going to have a new course coming on. We're going to have a... Uh, we're going to have a code for you, uh, for any of our fans, to go and take her course. So keep an eye out for that. But before that, I want you to enjoy this podcast with a huge, uh, with one uh, somebody that I'm a huge fan of, and that's Alina Wilson of XM8 Mastery. Check it out. Welcome to the Claims Game Podcast with Vince Perry. Get all the tips you need from insurance claim advocates and professionals and grow your public adjusting career to the next level. And now the commercial claims advocate, Vince Perry. All right. We are here with someone. I'm, I'm, I'm like fanboying right now. I'm here with somebody who I'm just a huge fan of because not just because I watch her YouTube channel, but because I have a lot of students who tell me about this 
most amazing YouTube channel where you can learn everything that there is about Xactimate. It's called XM8 Mastery, and I am here with Alina Wilson, who has been doing this YouTube channel, giving away all what I always call the secrets, right? I always put it in quotations, the secrets. Why are you giving away all these secrets on YouTube and this and that? But it's helping the industry so much, and if I keep talking, I'm just going to start babbling. So, Alina, welcome. Hello. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me on. No, thank you so much for taking that time to come on. I know how much work these YouTube channels take. Everybody thinks that, oh, this is uh, either, either they think, either they think it's like, oh, is this your job or no, everybody needs to understand that this is something that we do because it's a passion. Yes. There's always an MO of course uh, that we have behind it, but at the same time, like, no, we all have full-time jobs and we take the time to record these videos so that others can learn from the experience that we have. That's right. Yep. It's a great teaching tool too. And, you know, especially if you can make it just short and quick to the point, get your point across, people love it. I mean, people love it. People love your channel. Um, we have our course that we give and people are always telling me about the XM8 Mastery channel on YouTube. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to be, you know, putting out the best information I can. That's what I do. I'm a helper and I just want to see people succeed. So that's really the goal of my channel. That's awesome. That's awesome. I can totally relate. Um, you were telling me a little bit about your story, Alina, if you don't mind, I guess, repeating a little bit of it. How did you get into uh, just Xactimate? I mean, uh, no offense, Alina, but it's kind of nerdy to just do videos every week. I mean, I guess I talk about insurance, so it's not too much different, but Xactimate? Like, how'd you get into this? I know. It's, uh, if you would have told me when I was 25, hey, you're going to have a YouTube channel teaching insurance people how to use software, I'd be like, uh, you're insane. You need to take a crazy pill because I went to school for art. And anyways, but how I got into this was uh, 2008. I was in a resort town in southern New Mexico uh, with my real estate license and I was their listing coordinator. And, uh, you know, what happened in 2008, nine uh, wasn't the best place to be in a resort town with all the second homes, because what do you do with the second home whenever you're in a crisis? You want to sell it. And no one was buying. So my dad actually was teaching Xactimate online at that time um, uh, to adjusters. It was a three-day course, and he was doing it out of his, his little back studio that he had. And he's like, you know what? I really don't. This isn't my favorite thing to do, this online stuff. He's like, you like computers? Why don't you try it? And I was like, uh, okay. So I, I grew up with my dad's uh, has been a contractor my whole life. So every house we ever lived in was in some state of remodel. It was crazy town, but I learned a lot. So, and I flipped my own houses when I had my real estate license. So I knew construction pretty, you know, I felt like I knew what goes into everything pretty well and just jumped in with both feet. And I loved it. I loved the online aspect. Um, it takes away a lot of the public speaking jitters to have this filter. Um, so that really, yeah, it, it really took away that, you know, I don't know, just, just really just with my personality as an introvert was just my jam and I ran with it and just loved it. So I worked for someone else for a couple, you know, I think it was about three years. We did some live training. I would go to Arlington, Texas and teach some of the live classes too. Um, but then I just, you know, I'm, uh, how, how do I say this nicely? <laughs> I'm a very detail oriented person and I like things to go my own way. So I'm not one who works well under being, you know, people telling me what to do. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to try this on my own. So I just started out. I was like, I'm going to train adjusters. We're going to have these great courses. And I just started knocking doors here in Salt Lake City, Utah. It's where I live and uh, got some, some trainings with some restoration contractors. So the guys that do well, mitigation restoration, they really have large firms here that needed training. I was like, okay, I'll try that. So I, you know, they, 
it went really well. And I was like, okay, this is going to work. Um, but after I said the same thing about the 50th time, I was like, why isn't this an online course? Like I'm not doing anything that they just can't learn as a press play online at their own pace. So <laughs> I'll take a step back though. Before that happened, I was at my first roofing con company up in uh, Minnesota and they had, they had hired me to come teach an exactimate class. And I was super pumped because I didn't really ever been to the roofing space. And um, I started my class first day. And I don't know if you've ever been in front of a room of people where they just look like, like dead at you, like the dead eyes, like what you're saying, I don't care about because it makes no, it doesn't matter. And I was like, okay, something's wrong here. You're not reacting the same way those mitigation guys did. Right. What's going on? So I started talking with them like, we need to use it to make money and then supplement. So I was like, how much supplementing do you do? Really? Is it that bad? They're like, no, we supplement every job. And I'm like, oh, 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 this is different. So I actually opened my own third-party estimating company. And I had that for two and a half years where I wrote and closed estimates, talked to adjusters every day, talked to contractors every day. Um, working on their estimates and really got a uh, education of my own on what they needed. And so now the course that I teach is not only for roofers and exterior com companies, you know, anybody can, can uh, learn from my courses, but just that aspect of how much money they're leaving on the table, you know, 25% or more, whenever they come into my course there, they start seeing those increases. It's insane how much they're leaving behind. So anyways, that's my five minute where I came from origin story, if you will. The introvert thing, I'm sorry, is really what stands out to me because it's so funny because I, when I, we do meetups, we call them meetups and it's basically just bringing people in the industry together. And mm -hmm. I explained to my friends, like I'm a nervous wreck the whole day. And if I got a presentation that I have to give, I'm like dying throughout the whole day, just nervous about the whole event. Uh, and then when I get to the event, when you're like the, the, quote unquote, like the star of the event and everybody's like sort of going to see you. It's just like, it's a really awkward feeling. And then what I try to explain to people like this, this medium right here is totally different. It's like, totally. I mean, I'm just kind of talking to myself about something that I know about and I'm just going off the cuff and I'm just going, but when you're having to talk to somebody else and you're in front of a room and they're giving you those dead faces because you're, you're, you're the stuff you're talking about is so freaking boring. You start to sweat, you get nervous. And it's just like the whole thing. Like you're just like, you're just expecting throughout the day, at least for me, like it's just going to be a complete disaster. All of this is just going to be a mess. Nobody's going to show up. And the people that do show up are going to hate it. Everybody's going to hate me. And this is just going to suck. Yep. It's the downward spiral. It's weird, yep. right? But we can put on a video every week. <laughs> it's crazy. It I is, know. It is crazy. So you said it was in 2008, 2009 when you started doing it. Uh, you went to Minnesota. When did you start the, uh, you had, you started teaching all this stuff. When did you actually start the YouTube channel? I think 2015, but I, it slips my memory because I've been doing it for so long. I think it's 2015. Gotcha. When I really did it, started consistently. Yeah. And was that around the same time when you were just going to all these restoration companies and the roofing yes. companies and you were teaching them how to do this and you were like, well, you know, did you do the course first or did you do the YouTube channel first? Or was it was kind of like all the same time. Kind of all the same time, but the YouTube channel definitely was first while I was like thinking about how do I get all this online? So yeah, it started with the YouTube and just, it, it helped me understand how to record and like how to do all of that before I created a course. So I'd be a little bit more pro at it than just jumping in. So yeah. That's kind of how, how it organically happened. How many videos did you do without the sound? 
How many how many videos did you do without the light? On? How many videos do many? I still do without sound? I mean, the, earlier this week, I'm re-recording my whole course in the X1 is my current huge project. Uh, 25 hours worth of lessons into X1. And just on Monday, I was like, I just talked for 45 minutes for with no sound. It's just like demoralizing. And then you just pick yourself back up. You grab a cup of tea. You go, okay, yeah. I can do this. Yeah. And then you do it all over again. So yeah. it's just, and you know. You, do you use a computer camera or do you use like a nice normal camera? I guess you use your computer, right? I use my computer. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very simple with the tech. I have a, a just an HD um, nice. webcam. So and I then, use... Yeah, I, I use the normal like I use like a fancy DSLR camera, but in order mm -hmm. to use a fancy deal DSLR camera, like the focus needs to be set, the light needs to be set, the the microphone has to be plugged on, and if any of those two, and if, if any of those three things aren't set, and you have no idea why you're recording, the amount of time no, I don't. shot myself for thirty minutes unfocused, and I'm just like I have to do all of that over again. Can I give you a little tip there? Oh please, I would just put yourself. I would. I don't know how you're recording now. Well, that too, yeah. but, um, I put myself in my window. I make sure that I can see myself yeah, when I start recording like this big. I can't well, see make it, it bigger. Like, no, Vince, I can't. Cause I'm like across the whole thing and I can't see, and it looks fine from here. And then I record the whole thing. And then you're just like, no, yeah, that's silly. Um, so you started the YouTube channel. I think that's great. I could definitely relate. Um, what was the, how long did it take for you to start to really get some traction on it? What was the goal with the YouTube channel when you first started? I'm sure that's very similar to some of my goals that I had with it, but, um, was it just like consistency? Was it, were you trying to like sort of establish yourself as an expert in the industry before really putting out those courses and stuff? Like what were some of the goals that you had? All the things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, I could see how it could be a great marketing Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, that's what it's it is. It's an organic, you know, I'm not going to toot my own horn, but toot toot. Uh, you search Xactimate training. Uh, some of my videos come up before Xactware yep. even, yep. and I have more subscribers than Xactware, which is crazy. That's awesome. That's awesome. So um, it's just, you know, that, that marketing piece, if you can get that organic search going. And then when you start to actually pour gas in the fire with YouTube ads, it all just starts happening. And that's, what's been amazing for our business in the last years. I've really learned how to yeah, be more sophisticated in that aspect. Well, I'm glad it's taken you just till last year to figure out the YouTube ads because I'm still trying to figure that out myself. Hire somebody. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know, I know. There's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that people don't know about with this stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. there's a it's, ton. It's not easy. So do you still work? Do you, you do this, you have your course. Do you still work with, uh, with restoration contractors at all? Absolutely, yeah. Yep. We have our, um, our online course includes weekly coaching. So I'm still coaching and do answering all the questions and making sure everybody's taken care of. And, you know, um, we get a ton of emails per day. I'm still in my inbox, you know, answering everybody, anybody, anybody member or not who emails us, we always get back with them. Um, and yeah, so there's, it's a full-time job just to keep up the social media email and our members for sure. Gotcha. Gotcha. How about public adjusters? I mean, most of our audience oh, yeah. here are public adjusters. You do hear a lot from public adjusters thanking you for like, you know, you know, putting this stuff on and like, do you help them as well? Absolutely. I have a lot of public adjusters in our group. Actually, it's not just contractors. I also have independent adjusters too. So um, it's not contractors only, even though that's kind of my slogan is this exact to make training for contractors. No public adjusters get a lot out of what I teach due to the fact that, you know, they're also not just don't know what they don't know as far as which line items you should add. How do you back that up with the documentation from Exactware? Are you wasting tons of time writing estimates line by line when you can just like put a macro and call it a day? Just all the things that 
it's a time and money aspect um, when it comes to public adjusting that I that I find. And you mentioned the consulting, like a group. Tell me about your group. Yeah, so um, our online course comes with the weekly group coaching calls. So I can take a look at your estimate. You can send it over and I can give like a review. And I like to do it in front of a group so everybody learns. Um, and then we also just every week have a topic. Like this last week was on roof sketch, but then we got into roof measurement reports and all the different ones out there. We were all kind of collaborating like, What's the you know be highest best use of uh, you know should we integrate with Xactimate? Do we not need to? All kinds of fun things. So it, I I love the group coaching calls because there there's always such a great community of people um, just collaborating every single week. In fact, we have a guy from California who's a a public adjuster and he's so knowledgeable in like that space that he could tell some of the contractors like hey don't do that don't no nah, just when you go to the public adjuster here's what you do, and so it just turns into this awesome conversation every week that's so so fun what are some it. of the most what are some of the most common issues you feel some of these people are having trouble with when it comes to the mastery of exactimate um just not knowing documentation i can talk hours on proper documentation no one wants to take the right photos <sighs> no one wants to you know attach no one knows to attach the code or manufacturer specs to back up what you're asking for in your supplement items, you know, when you're going back to the insurance company and asking for more money, well, tell them why and have it in a systemized way where it's not reinventing the wheel every time you write an estimate. It should all be there. You just grab that piece, put it in your estimate and you're done. Um, I think that's the hugest thing that moves the needle the quickest for whether it's a contractor or a public adjuster. Um, can, you, can you give me a specific example in regards to uh, documentation, getting the code? And you said having like a legitimate, uh, like a system already put in place to be able to do that. Can you give me an example? Yeah. Oh, fine. I'll just give you my whole spiel. No, <laughs> uh, no. so if you have macros, which is a fancy way of saying yep. list of line items built with your note templates already integrated. So when you add your supplement items, all the code, the IRC code is there, or if it's a manufacturer specification issue, maybe um, you don't want to go the code route because the spaced decking, they don't have code upgrade, but it is required by the manufacturer. You want to bring that piece into it. You're so organized that you can pull that into your estimate like that. So you have a justification for each and it's like, you can't Mr. Adjuster or insurance company or carrier, whoever, how are you saying that the local, you know, code, or you're telling me to install a roof that is a roof system. And if I don't install the system, the system fails. How is that's, that's a, a violation of the, you know, uh, what do you call it? The, oh, I just lost my words. <laughs> a consumer <laughs> okay. protection act. You can't install something that's defective or default, you know, or, or faulty. Mm -hmm. So you're asking me to do that. How I want a realm of, you know, the legal system is that allowed. So there's a lot of things you can pull into it, into your estimate if you do it in a systematized way. Also, I have a, a very specific checklist that I have people go through as far as taking photos. If you were to have me supplement a file, not that I do that anymore. I used, I used to own a third-party supplementing company, but I would require 50 photos just of the roof for me to start working on your file because I'm not there. You're my eyes. I can't see it. You know, what's going on. I need to know. Also, if you're scoping, you know, I don't know. Well, I don't know about public adjusters really scope losses. You're probably working with trying to get, you're probably like in my shoes, trying to get the information from them, like pulling teeth. I don't know. Or from who, like from them, what do you mean? Like from the actual client? Well, when you're, when you're representing the client, yeah. I mean, our, our number one thing is, is photos and documentation. That's probably our most important thing. Uh, but I do require my guys to scope it as well and sketch it. Okay. I think, I think yeah. it's important, but photos, I mean, 50 photos of the roof minimum. That's pretty awesome. 
that's what I would require because I can't do my job. I can't get you paid what you're worth, what you should, if you can't provide me with the information. And you said you have a so particular, simple. you have a, you have a checklist for, do you have a checklist for like roof photos, interior photos, water damage photos, cabinet photos, mm -hmm. floor photos, ceiling? Like, is there a different checklist for each thing or is it just like interior and exterior? Interior, exterior, but the interior one is very extensive. So it's an Excel spreadsheet with all the tabs. So you just pick what area, if you're in the kitchen, use that tab if you're, yeah. So that's kind of how we've organized it. I'm not saying it's a perfect system, but it's somewhere. You've got to start somewhere with your, your well, a system uh, keeping... is a system is a system. As long as there's a system, at least you could build it from there, but you got to start somewhere. Got to start somewhere. And then they start doing the same thing the same way every time. And you get really fast at it. Everybody's like, I don't have time to take photos. I was like, you don't have time not to take photos. Right. And I'll show you how to do it the right way. The first time here's how you do it. So. Yeah, for me, for me, photos is important because I'm usually, uh, I don't make the final decision on every single one of our claims, but if I have one of my guys come to me and say, Hey, I've got a question about this claim. Okay. Let me see the file. What is the first thing I'd look at? Let me see the photos. Photos actually tells the life of the whole claim and exactly what's going on. And if you've got shitty photos, it's kind of hard for me to give you a good opinion on it. Yeah. yeah. And with the contractor side of things, it's hard for them to prove the damage or prove that they should install what they need to they're flying blind and you know, a lot of uh, adjusters aren't scoping their own losses right now. So you have this like ladder assist come out if you're a roofer or just like a random person, you know, it's just a, kind of a nutty time. So if you could protect yourself with getting the photos, it's just, it's a no brainer. Do you, do you do any carrier side stuff at all? No, no, yeah. not, not at the moment. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't blame you. One of my guys go to Louisiana and uh, he was doing some IA work and he's like, dude, it was brutal. It's like, I would just yeah. take all these photos and I would write all these things. And then they would just tell me, don't put that, don't put that, don't put that, don't put that. And it's like, but I was there. Why can I just put that? Well, because mm -hmm. you're not supposed to. Yeah. It's gotten worse since I, you know, came from training back in 20. Yeah. When I was, uh, it's gotten a whole bunch worse and, and it's not, how do I say this without making, I don't know. I like to be negative. I'm not a negative person. But they're taking people that are ignorant and I'm not saying ignorant. They're just like back of house, you know, at Out Outback Steakhouse yesterday and today they want to be an adjuster. Great. That's fine. But they don't teach them. No uh, training. And they keep it's like they keep them ignorant in order to make it so that they just listen to the rules and parrot what the carrier says. So my dad was an adjuster and he has 25 years plus construction experience was an adjuster uh, for three years, wanted to move up in the company and go for a large loss position. And uh, he was, you know, doing the interview process and all that. And they had another guy there for the same position and they picked the, the 22 year old uh, fresh out of college with a four-year degree yep. over my dad. My dad had no college degree, so he didn't actually, yeah, he wasn't even really considered. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> After a storm, it's very common too. After a storm, it, it, they'll just like, just pick anybody off the street. Yeah. But we're not here to yeah. bash insurance companies. No, it's just the, the stage, the, the nature of the beast. And it's just good to be aware of what's going on on the other side and try to figure out how you can educate the adjuster because he probably just doesn't know. In fact, when I started training adjusters, I didn't know any better because I came from remodel. And so I wasn't, had never been in the insurance industry. I parroted the two of the people I was training, ridge and starters included in your waist, and you need three trades or more to pay, pay O&P. That is so wrong, Alina. What the heck were you doing? Mm -hmm. But I was parroting what they told me to tell them. And I just didn't know any better because I hadn't been on the construction side of things. I'm fighting tooth and nail every day just to get O&P on a roof claim. All a roof only, a, a roof, roof only. only. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. What do you, what do you, what's your advice for that? Oh, uh, well, there's no silver throw, bullet. 
I yeah. throw everything that I can and they still just went, no, sorry. That's just the way it is. And it's hard when it's like, that's just our, pol- you know, the, the nose <laughs> that's, and that war on me and my third party supplement, because I'm like, this is warranted. You're committing fraud by not paying for what you're, what are you doing? But I had no recourse. Cause I'm just the third party gal. Um, it wore on me because I'm like, I'm doing what is right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so as far as ONP, you know, we bring in the, um, ONP white paper, yada, yada, everybody's probably seen that. And it states that there are no trades. It's, it's when they do their pricing, um, when they source their pricing, they, when they call the contractor or supplier, whomever they're sourcing from, cause they do call, they don't just rely on their algorithms. They do actually call and source pricing. I've been to, I live about eight minutes from ExactWords headquarters. Really? They have a huge department. Uh-huh. What a coincidence. A, <laughs> I know it's funny. Um, they have a huge department of people that do the pricing research. Anyways, all that to say, when you source the pricing, they are not asking for a general contractor's price. They're asking for what they would pay their subs. So as a general contractor, I am now, because the homeowner has hired me, I am now working for free. You, uh, Carrie, are asking me to work for free because Xactimate pricing, they say they don't include GCO&P. Also in the roof pricing white paper, it goes into it. And we'll, bore you with that, but it talks about how it used to, it's gone. The industry has changed from just subs to trucks in a truck to now these sophisticated roofing sales organizations that only do one trade, but do sub it out. They are warranted O&P. They have the roof pricing white paper that says that from Xactware. Are those silver bullets? No, but it they do back us up with that. The other thing that I found effective, and I'm not sure if public adjusters do this or not, if you're involved with the homeowner, I, again, I, I should have told you this at the start. I'm not very... Uh, up on the, the whole practice of how the public adjuster from start to finish works. I need to really educate myself on that. I can help you with but, that. <laughs> excellent. Um, the, what we find is if the contractor can get, get in the ear of the homeowner and say, you're paying, you do, when they underwrite the house for determining how much of a policy premium they're gonna pay, they include O&P in their policy premium. So why Mr. Homeowner, are you letting the carrier pocket your part of your premium that you've paid all these years because he doesn't want to pay what, what he should, what he owes. So right. there's so many facets to it. So if you can find one facet that works without a, you know, carrier, uh, great. But again, it's not a silver bullet and it's hard because they hold the strings at the end of the day. And, you know, it's, it's, it's where, yeah, yes. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's complicated. I mean, I try, I even throw, I have some like case law and stuff like that that I've thrown at them. There's something with statutes and everything like that. I mean, what is a general contractor? I mean, general contractor is someone who's looking over other people who are doing the work. I mean, and those people have overhead. Those people need to make a profit. How are they not owed overhead and profit? Why is it just because it's roof only because it's one trade, but within that one trade, there are other trades as well that go involved with all that stuff too. So it's like, it just, it doesn't make any sense. It's just, sometimes there's things I was talking with somebody yesterday about, uh, just rules. Uh, what, what, what were we saying? Like not unnecessary rules, but there's just some rules that people abide by and people go by that. They don't even exist. Make believe rules. They're just like make believe rules that they just come up with it. We're not paying for ONP and uh, we're not paying Mm -hmm. ONP on a roof and then you get screwed. Yeah, it starts back out. If you ever read, I know we were talking about reading books earlier, but uh, from Good Hands to Boxing Gloves. Oh, yeah. The story of Allstate. That's that was Allstate like, story. Yeah. And so that's kind of where, and then everybody was like, oh, you can get away with that. Let's do that. So that's so, kind of how it 
Yeah. Just to just to give a give the audience a background of the good what is it called again? I always forget. From good hands to boxing gloves. Yeah. So basically, uh, what was it? It was uh, McKenzie and Company, which is a mm-hmm. business consulting firm. They took over Allstate and they were looking at all their books. They looked at everything and all their expenses and so on and so forth. And they realized that one of the largest expenses that they had were their claim payouts. So when they did a little bit more research on that and looking at what they were paying for and so on and so forth, they noticed that there was little things that they can do to sort of fix, you know, how much they have to pay out on some of these claims. And when they started doing it and they started basically shorting people on their insurance payouts, they ended up saving millions upon millions of dollars per year just by I like to give little examples like one coat instead of two uh, two coats of paint detaching and resetting a baseboard instead of replacing a baseboard detaching and resetting uh, granite countertops instead of replacing granite like little things like that let's take away all this This is going to add up by the millions and then every other insurance company noticed it and they started to sort of go by it and the reason why we know this story if if you correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that they found the actual PowerPoint presentations that they were giving to their employees uh, I didn't on, know that. on the tactics on how to cut and save money on their claim payouts. That's crazy. Wow. No, I hadn't heard that part of it. That's... <laughs> And ever, and ever since then, it's like, hey, well, it's working for them. Let's give it a shot our own. And it's just become a complete epidemic. But frank, fact of the matter is I wouldn't have a job if they didn't do that. So same, right? Like yeah. I wish I, I always say that I wish I didn't have a job. Like I wish you could just show up with your estimate and get it paid because you're the restoration professional and you know what it takes. The adjuster is an adjuster. He's not a restoration professional. Nope. Duh. But no, it's not the way the world works. But hey, I'm grateful for what I do so I can help people. Yep. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what we're doing. I get messages all the time from independent adjusters who are just so upset. They're like, look, I got into this business to help people. And I realize that they tell me, oh, the more I write, the more I'll make. So I go in there and I want to write everything that I can that I know is included. But then all of a sudden I submit it and they tell me that I can include this and I can include that. And my $100,000 estimate becomes a $30,000 estimate like that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it sucks. Um, so tell me more about, so what's, what's all this become? Like you started this in 2000 and... 15, you started your online course, 2008, 2009, you got into all the Xactimay stuff and everything like that. You know, what has become of Alina Wilson since? Like, how is it, how is everything going for you with the, are you still doing your weekly? I see actually one day ago, one week ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. So you're still sitting down every Tuesday to, to put the video together. How do you keep coming up with like new, new things to talk about? It's probably pretty easy, but. Do you want to know the secret? And the audience shouldn't know it either. Should, Should, probably shouldn't know this. But you just kind of reteach some topics, you know, from five years ago. I don't expect people that that watch my channel to have gone back five years. So I reuse some things. Plus, there's always changes, especially with X1 coming out. They released their online version. It's kind of a mess at the moment. So there's always something in the industry to talk about. But as we'll give you inside baseball, you know, and saying it, say taking a topic it and topic and saying it three different ways also helps because a learner may not hear it the first or second time or the third time they go, ah, I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of just the nature of the beast. So there you go inside baseball. And I've always, I'm always curious. I know you started back then you've got a, uh, tens of thousands of subscribers now we were talking about this before the, uh, before we actually started recording, but what is the key to success? Consistency. Consistency is whether key. it's training your cat not to bite you or you're know, raising children consistency. consistency and it ha- helps on youtube and facebook as well exactly. if you're trying to build a business 
Do you find that people, do you find that most of your audience is beginners who are just starting out in Xactimate, or do you also have people who have been doing Xactimate for a while that are still coming to you and asking for advice on how to do stuff? Great question. I get them all. In fact, um, back when I was teaching life classes, I you know, was teaching the, the restoration guys, and there was one guy in the back, you know, sitting back like, yeah, I know all this. And then I showed him just one simple trick that if you hold down your control key and you can select multiple doors and windows and make the change right there, he goes, I've been doing this for 12 years. I've never seen that. I'm going <laughs> to strangle you about all the hours that I wasted. I'm like, hey, buddy, it's don't you the messenger. <laughs> but, you know, just the little things that you don't know that you're wasting all your time doing. Um, yeah, that's so yeah, but also the beginners, I, you know, like in my courses, and I try to do it in my videos too. Um, you know, start at the very basic as if they've never opened Xactimate. That's how I start my online course. Um, and then in my videos, I try not to assume too much knowledge. Depends on what the topic is. Um, a great person that I follow, uh, James Wedmore, said, if you're talking, if you think that beginner level is here, take it down five more notches. That's where they really are. So really? we have a, a as, as, as you know, I consider myself an expert. I don't mean to, to, I don't mean like, but I just feel like, you know, I can say that after all these years, I need to tone myself down and remember they are at the basics of this, you know, don't assume knowledge. And even if they do know a piece of it, it helps them feel like, oh, I do know what I'm doing. I do know that little point that she just said. So it just, yeah, it always helps to go back to basics, even if they've been using it for 12 years, um, there's something there that I can uncover for them. And Xactimate to me, or estimating in general, has always been the kind of thing where people think they know it all, or they're just like, I'm curious to know what kind of comments do you get on some of your stuff when people are just trying to like challenge you on, on Xactimate stuff? Do you get that a lot? I would assume that you do. I actually don't. We have a oh, super, I hope I don't jinx myself by saying this, but we really don't have any negativity in our community if, on our comments. I mean, everybody will be snarky once in a while. I'm like, oh, let's fine. It's the internet. No big deal. Uh, but everybody's just usually super friendly and uh, just ask just questions like, how do I put a room below stairs? Or that's the kind of stuff, you know, just it's been real. Yeah, it's been a great ride. I saw the other day, I saw that how you, it was the, the stairs because you, people try to put the stairs inside the room and it's impossible to do it, but you had a way of, you have to basically separate and break it out. Cause it's different. Yep. And the trick about stairs, just so you don't have to go watch the video is the stairs are a room. So you can't put right. a room below the staircase. It's already there. Right. So yeah, fun stuff. Mm, give me some more fun stuff. Give me some more fun stuff. Like, um, let's see. I want to ask you about what about uh, sketching? Okay. How perfect does the sketch need to be? Because I sketch <laughs> and my sketch is like, eh, kind of looks like chicken scratch. And sometimes I feel bad when I give it to my estimator and he's like, dude, what's the deal? Any like tips and tricks, like on someone who, who writes the estimate, like that's a better question. Actually, I, I prefer this question as an estimate writer. What are you looking for when somebody goes out who doesn't have Matterport, who doesn't have a ton of experience, but you know, you're getting this scope and you're getting this sketch. Like what are some of the things that you need that you absolutely must have so that you can do your job writing the estimate? Just pull tape and get, you know, as best, as best you can. Uh, distal again, I was going to go into this. Exactly. Uh -huh. Mobile is brilliant. You can hand this to someone who has Whoa, what happened? I dropped it. <laughs> I dropped it on the keyboard. Sorry. You can hand this to someone who has no knowledge of, of the industry 
Uh-huh. They can open the app and stand in the middle of the room and just do this now. And it does all the measuring with LIDAR. Do you know what LIDAR is? The light technology? Okay. LIDAR, and like so, radar and light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good way of thinking it. It's, yes, yes. That's, you don't need to overcomplicate more than that. So that's you can have, it it, it's, more, it's more complex than that and more interesting. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so yeah, and it's, it's, it's pretty accurate. Um, mm-hmm. But I will say, um, you know, if they can't do, but that's, this is the coolest thing that they're, they're coming out with too, is you pick what the loss is in uh, the, you know, when you first set up the estimate, you choose what the type of loss and cause of loss, it'll only recommend the line items for that type of loss is what's oh, happening. They have a new technology cool. that's, that's on. So I'm trying to push Xactimate mobile for those that are like, you know, we have a high turnover rate or, you know, it's like, well, they don't need to know anything. The thing tells them what to do. Oh, there's a baseboard. Okay. I tap that done. And so for water loss, it knows exactly what it needs to do. So it's becoming much more sophisticated. Um, but if you don't have that and you're not in that space, you just need to have, the, like I said, go back, going back to systems. So I would have a series of pieces of paper that I would make them print out and that has, you know, the grid and say, pull tape on all the walls and get me all the measurements. I don't really go into doors and windows all that heavily unless you're, it's, it's, it would be up to you, but you know, pull tape on everything and just note it on have a sh- one sheet per room. And then there's your system just to, just to get the, the information checklist. Right. I mean, I think checklist important. Yes. We have a checklist that we give for interior. We have a checklist that we give for roofs and just, we make sure that they have that. And I actually received that checklist from one of my estimators that right. He's like, here, dude, just give them this. And then I'm good to go with everything else. Yes. You know? Yes. And yeah, photos. But- and the photos, all the photos. So, um, but you know, as far as get the actual process of sketching, if you're not going to use Xactimate Mobile, you know, get it's an estimating program at the end of the day. This isn't AutoCAD. One of the live classes I taught, you know, the first day we get into sketch, and I'm like, all right, you know, it rounds to the nearest inch in sketch. I'm not sure that everybody knows that, but it's not it's not precise like AutoCAD. It's not 12 foot point two five eight or whatever. It's it's rounding it to the nearest inch it's going to be 12 12 foot oh at that point you know it's not going to round it's not yeah anyways where was i going with that oh yeah the guy in, in texas he sits down we get in a sketch he goes oh this rounds i was like yes it's an estimating program we're not architects here he goes up oh, closes the door he's like i can't do this i'll see you later and walks out <laughs> just and never came back because he was an autocad guy and he couldn't handle that there wasn't precision to this, that it is a roundabout number because it is an estimate at the end of the day. That's what we're writing. We're not writing an architectural, um, you know, engineered replacement of the property. It's right. an estimate right. and it's going to change and it's fluid and that's, that's the way it works. So some people cannot play in that space. And I, I met one of them. <laughs> well, I'm surprised you as a high attention to detail. I'm surprised that doesn't bother you. Um, because I, it's the only estimating program I've ever used. Okay. I wouldn't, I didn't know any better. And I just played by the rules and I'm in a play by the rules kind of person. I'm not here to reinvent the wheel. Um, so yeah, I never had, never had an issue with it. Have you used, it, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, in remodeling, you know, you just, you measure and you're off, you're off by a little bit. It doesn't matter because you right. got your gallon of paint and it's going to cover it anyways. So that never. Only yeah. exactimate, never simbility, never simsol. 
Okay, yes. I take my I take I take it back. After about four years in Xactimate, I did teach a civility course. Uh, they did have a, a a need for that. So, but it's been since 2013 since I've touched that program. Civility is a lot easier and more fun to use because it's like it's like packages of line items you put into the room and then you can create macros off of that. It's a different, totally different thought process than Xactimate. Um, it's, it's just different. Why do you think Xactimate's become the industry standard? I have no idea, but uh, Jim Loveland was a very smart guy who created that software. He, he was a restoration contractor and then it just took off. And then when Veris bought him out, I mean, they're just solidified that they're the industry standard for, for right now anyways. It's, it's, it's definitely a monopoly at this point. I mean, it's like no one else. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, roofs. I was watching one of your videos. I think it's one of your videos. You talk about like measuring the roof and stuff like that. Like it's just better to get a roof report and just take it from there. It's just saves you so much time now that it's so precise. You know, mm -hmm. Eagle view has always been pretty good, but there's hover that's come out. There's a new one called, um, roofer R O O F R. -O -O They're really giving yeah giving people a run for their money uh eagle view run for their money um and uh yeah it's it's saves so much time um in the field that I, I could get an eagle view report and write the roof and siding estimate in 15 minutes because i was that organized if i had good photos uh because i just you know use the roof measurement report enter my quantities I already have my macro pre-built with all of the line items that I need and all of the notes that I need to back up my, my, my list. And it, I could, you know, I could write 10 a day if I had to. Wow. Yeah. Matterport. Love it. You love it. You're a big, huge fan. This is going to give it its run for its money though. Oh yeah. I mean, Matterport's cool. Cause you set up in the middle of the room push a button and you're done. This is a little bit, yeah, it'll take you like a minute or two longer, maybe. Um, Matterport's cool because it documents everything in one fell swoop too, as far as photos. You should still have to take the photos on this thing. So maybe not tomato, tomato quite yet, but I think in the future, it's gonna, it's gonna be a, it's gonna does, be a thing. Does the Xactimate mobile give you the 3D rendering like that, where it's like super cool? Like it's like you're like in some kind of like... <laughs> video game because you're capturing lidar i think they could do that eventually if they wanted to it's not there yet that's what i'm saying it's it's an up-and-comer i'm keeping my eye on it gotcha. but matterport is absolutely amazing it's like being there yourself when you do the walkthrough it's you can see absolutely everything every content that was damaged i mean it's uh, absolutely amazing and then how if you pay for the auto sketch to come out of it you don't even need to do the sketch that's great gotcha gotcha and great. the uh the exactimate mobile you have to have an exactimate account in order to use it or is it like a separate thing at all yeah good question um i think you have to have the professional version which means you have to have desktop online and mobile i don't think that they carve out mobile only right now, but I don't know that because I don't, I don't have time to keep up with all their pricing structure and everything. I'm like, dad, just go, go ask them. They'll tell you. Right. Yeah. Cool. Are you still out on the field at all? Nope. No, no. You're like in there all the time. Just like I'm I kind of, I'm in here a lot too. <laughs> I am. I love my bubble. COVID was my jam. Cause I don't like to leave the house. Like again, going back to the introverted story, like yeah. I am fine sitting here doing my thing 
maybe it's not the most healthy. I do need to get out to fresh air, but you know, I'm a germaphobe to begin with. So people like having to like sanitize and clean everything all the time. Like this is my world. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're like happy. Like, yes, wear those masks, wear those gloves, make sure you sanitize. Yeah, the masks, the masks, if you're, we won't go into that, but uh, you know, just, I wasn't sick for a whole year and a half. I got a bad cold about a month ago and I was like, I'm going to die. Cause I forgot what it was like to be sick. It was mm-hmm. like, Whoa. And my husband's the one that brought it home to me anyways. Son of but- a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> with your, so. with your course, do you give like, uh, do you give any kind of like those, uh, what is it? Those level one, level two, level three and all that stuff. Mm. Or is it just like, Great I'm just question. teaching you how to. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. You're going into all the things, Vince. Okay. Gotcha. So the, <laughs> the online course that I offer is called the university and that's the A to Z training. I start as if you've never opened the software all the way up to advanced supplementing tactics where the PAs really love that third and fourth module where I really get into deep dive about supplementing where you're leaving all the money on the table and how you're wasting tons of time while leaving money behind. I mean, it's just like the greatest thing when they learn those tactics that we teach. Um, So that's, that's the university. It's more like, how do you balance your checkbook and get paid what you need? Like, you know, in the real world, certification is like going to an algebra class to get the degree, but you're never going to use the algebra again. So certification is a great thing to have in this space because, you know, 98% of adjusters aren't certified to use the software. So if you're certified on this side, whether you're contractor, PA, you know, it brings those credentials. That's like, yeah, that's a credential. It's a resume thing. It looks good in a deposition if you're in trial or anything like that. Oh, absolutely. Especially if you're level three certified. So level one, even just getting level one, your head's above everybody because nobody has even level one. You get back up to level three, you're really in an elite group and exact where rubber stamps and says, you're a subject matter expert. I've had two lawyers call me and say, Hey, we come stand on the witness stand as an exactimate subject matter expert. Um, because I'm, you, you get listed on the exact website as being certified. So you're actually, they, you know, show that your name is, is uh, under their certification, which is awesome. So, um, you know, certification is, again, it's just, it's its own animal. So I don't really, I don't teach to certification in my university. I have all of the skills that you need to pass the exam in there but I'm not going to teach to it because I think that so many people are leaving money behind and wasting so much time that that is the first issue we need to cure. Then icing on the cake, we get you certified. So we do offer certification courses that are separate and are taught by our exact way, exact where certified trainer, Todd Beckman. He's the one who does our certification courses. Gotcha. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So you do provide that as well. We do. We do. It's just, you got to understand, you know, where do you want to go first? You know, which, which I advocate getting you up and running and just learning how to use the damn software. Yeah. First. And then we can get you certified for sure. I don't know if I asked you this. Is it, do you have, you said, are they, you got majority restoration contractors or do you have what, what's what, how many like PAs public adjusted would you say on a percentage? Probably 5%. Really? We That's have, it. That we have 500. Or five, <laughs> Come on. Public we have five, adjusters about 500 right members. <laughs> I know we have about 500 members uh, at the moment. Um, with, if you count, like I have what's called child accounts. So if you bought my university, you would get extra logins for your staff. Cause I feel like people need to, there's more than one person in the organization that needs to go through this. So if you total up everybody, it's about 1200 people at the oh, moment. Wow. And I'd say about 5% of those are PAs. Everyone else is roofers restoration. Re- restoration. And I've got some mitigation guys too, that I help. Uh, yeah, as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. 
That is fantastic. So what's um, one thing I like to ask? It's like a new question that if you could just, uh, I can't find it now, but if you just give me a second, I'm going to ask you a interesting question because I want to know about where are you going to go with all this stuff? I'd like to know what's the vision, what's, what's going to happen for Alina Wilson. So the question that I want to ask is, if it comes up really soon. Okay, so question is from Dan Sullivan, a strategic coach. Have you ever heard of that? I feel like I've heard, yes, I feel like I have, but I'm, yeah. It's like a coaching program that you go and uh, he sends you all kinds of books. It's really cool. And it's just to help like grow your business and figure out a way that you can spend more time with your personal life. And anyway, one thing about entrepreneurs is that we're all, we're all very forward thinkers, right? You know, as much as, as important as it is to live the Buddhist way and, you know, focus on the present and all that stuff, which is very important. But as entrepreneurs, I think we're always sort of thinking about the next step, what's going to happen next for very futuristic thinkers. So I'd like to ask you, um, are you ready? I'm ready. Shoot. That wasn't that wasn't the question though. Oh, okay. If we were having this discussion three years from today and you were looking back over those three years, what has to have happened in your life, both personally and professionally, for you to feel happy with your progress? Wow, that's a deep dive, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I am very undisciplined with my schedule. I think if I would take the time to be intentional of how I set up my day, like the night before, here's what I'm going to do. And then actually be disciplined to do the tasks because I don't, you know, I don't squish things into a amount of time. I give myself enough time to do these things. I'm just lazy. Um, so if I could be more disciplined, I would probably get 75% more work done than I do now. So I'm a little bit lax. Um, I think that I need to not be afraid of success. That's something that I've really had to change. I don't really like the word mindset, but that is a change that's been happening in my brain this past year because we've had our most successful year ever. Uh, 2020 was our biggest year at that point. 2021, we're 100% over what we did in 2020. It's been absolutely amazing and such a blessing. But you have to go, you know, you have different problems when you're a hundred thousand to five hundred thousand dollar business. And when you're a five hundred to a million and then a million plus, it just all changes. They say new level, new devil. I don't really like that saying, but it is there's some truth that rings to that. And you have to set up your mind to be able to overcome the next challenge. So I do hold myself back in that. Um and I'm I'm seeing how I'm learning how to work through it and see new successes as they come as yeah it's just it's just a mindset thing is it because of more responsibility that you're afraid of yes um i'm now having yeah yep, i'm now having to hire people that aren't friends and family which i sh- you know everybody says don't hire friends and family it's worked really well in our business my mom owns my mom and i own the business and my dad works for us <laughs> it's like it's been great but that's that's where we're we're now at our at capacity. We need to hire um, some new coaches and some new admin. And that terrifies me because employees, really? I'm just, oh, it terrifies me. So just getting over that, be like, this is just the natural stage of business. You got to do the next thing, not getting all emotional about it and just do it. You know, just those kinds um, of things. Upwork.com. Yep. And type in as detailed as a description as you can of what you're looking for. Click on worldwide. And on the drop down, click the Philippines. Okay. Try to focus on there. Those are some of the nicest people we've got. We just hired one. I've had one in the past. And the Filipinos are just really, really, really nice, nice people. Mm-hmm. But I've also got, so our staff, we have, my head admin is in Wyoming. 
My marketing admin, head admin is in Serbia, now living in Vietnam. We've got our customer support center now is basically out of the Philippines and we're continuing to hire. Uh, but Dan Sullivan also has a really good book called Who Not How. That's where I've heard him. That's where I've heard him. Yeah, yeah. I haven't read it, but I, I'm familiar with that one for so sure. So you should not be asking how to do it. You should be asking who can help me do it. Yes. So personally. Personally? Next, next three years. Uh, just more with the discipline. I need to, yeah. What I need discipline? To move my, I need Alina. to move my body more. I sit here for 12 Alina. hours a day. But you did mention consistency. Alina. I just, you have a YouTube channel that you come out with a video every Tuesday. Do you post it I yourself? One, I do one thing that's disciplined and that's the YouTube channel. Well, you do it great. Do you post it yourself? I do. Um, at this point in time, I need to, I need to move that to offload that to my admin, but mm-hmm. at, at this point right now, I even, I'm not still self-editing like everything I do. I self-edit post what distribute an RCRM and, you know, um, put it out to the channels. Yeah. Well, you are a badass, Alina. <laughs> the fact that you're able to do it by yourself, I mean, is very, very impressive. And the fact that you've been doing it for so long is extremely impressive. And the fact that you're helping so many people, and I only know you, I only know who you are because of the students that we have in our stuff. That's the only reason why I don't, because I don't write my own estimates. I am going to make a confession. I have never used Xactimate. I used SimSol. For mm-hmm. shit, eight years. Mm. That's all I use. Simsol was just so easy for me. I learned that's, that's what, so that's easy. The guy that I was doing it that was was uh, original when I first started working for him. He was doing my estimates, and I'm like, all right, we need to. I need to start doing it myself. Started using it, and I just never. Every time I tried to use Xactimate, I'm like, this is too hard. I don't want to learn how to do this. So I don't. I didn't know who you are until. In my courses, we are trying to make it very interactive and we start talking and they're just every single we every we do our course every three months. Every single class that we've had, they mention you. That's amazing. That's high praise. And I really am humbled by that. That's oh, that's amazing. And, you know, again, like I said, when I first jumped on with you, I'm just a nerdy girl who likes estimating software and found my little niche. So, <laughs> well, we do our we do your look. You said you're located in, in Salt Lake City. Yes. So if and when we do a meetup out there and bring the industry together, I'm going to take you out of your little hole over there and bring the introvert uh, to, to meet uh, our public adjusters and contractors and stuff like that. And then you, oh, and I, I'd love that. you and I could be in a corner together just having our own little conversation while everybody does their thing, you know? Exactly. I am yeah. perfect with that. Yeah, we actually hold roundtable events here uh, once or twice a year, and it's it's a really fun time because there's so much to do. It's not like Denver where the mountains are an hour and a half away. We're 15 minutes. We're in a ski area. Oh, I mean, awesome. it's a, it's so fun yeah, la- when I, I do leave the house. <laughs> I've, I've been there once. My wife and I, we went to Zion, and we went to, what's the one with the funky-looking rocks? There's... They're like the really crazy looking rocks. It's not Zion. That's, um, oh, come on. With the rocks that look all like weird. Bryce? Bryce. Bryce, Bryce National Canyon. Can- Par- right. Bryce Canyon. Yeah. yeah, we did that. We did that. I mean, Utah's just beautiful. Just beautiful. It's it's a lot of fun being here. Well, I'd love to go and see you one day. But Sounds good. Well, all put right, that Alina. together. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for taking the time. I know you're an extremely busy person because you're very consistent and you're very dedicated, even though you think that you're not. And uh, don't be afraid of success. You're already a success, and I'm sure you've got nothing but good things to come in the future. So I want you to wish, I just wish you nothing but the best of luck. And thank you so much for coming on.
Absolutely, Vince. It's been a joy. You're such an encouragement. I really appreciate that. And I uh, look forward to working with you on something else soon. All right, Elena. See you later.